listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. Most of us have doubts about our identities. Who am I, we wonder, and we might answer that question in any number of ways. And we continue to build and shape our own identities based on our own performance day in and day out. In other words, it kind of feels like our identities are constantly in flux. But for Jesus, that's not the case. He knows exactly who he is and what he's here to do. I am, says Jesus again and again and again throughout the Gospel of John. So we're doing a brief flyover of some of these I am sayings of Jesus during the Lenten devotionals here. Last week it was, I am the bread of life. Next week we'll cover, I am the door. The week after that it will be, I am the good shepherd. But today Jesus tells us, I am the light of the world. So the scripture passage I want to share is from uh, the Gospel of John. This will be chapter 8, verses 12 through 20. And it goes like this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. By the way, when he's speaking to the people here, this isn't just the crowds. This is specifically uh, the religious rulers and chief priests and Pharisees. So when he spoke to them, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law it is written that the two testimony in your own law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. In Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy, I apologize. I really, I have to apologize for those of you who have not read this book, like this trilogy. You need to go home tonight and start on it because you're not going to get half of my sermon illustrations if you don't. Um, but in his Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's a character, by, or, or watch the movies. The movies, they stick with the storyline pretty good, pretty well. Anyway, there's a character by the name of Gollum. He's conflicted, to say the least, kind of two-faced, so much so that he has actual arguments with his two opposing sides. Gollum is kind of his bad side, and Smeagol is his good side. Gollum is completely consumed by his love of the One Ring which is this evil object created by the Dark Lord. 
And he'll do just anything to possess it and to have it. He calls it his precious. And he kills, he lies, hides, cheats, and schemes. Little by little, his love, and really what it is, is worship of this ring, transforms him from a hobbit into an emaciated skeleton of a creature. He retreats to live under the dark shadow of the mountains, hiding in caves, surviving on raw fish, and shunning the company of everyone else. All that he cares about, literally all that he cares about is the ring. For 500 years he hides alone in darkness. He grows to hate the light, both the moon and the sun, because, he says, they spy on him. Light hurts his eyes. He can't stand to be in the presence of the angry white and yellow faces, which is his terms for the sun and the moon, because he feels exposed under them. See, Gollum doesn't run toward the light, but away from it. In today's text, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And we hear about this, we hear about the light of the world, we probably imagine, man, what a, what a wonderful thing. We would run straight into the light with our arms wide open, kind of like a Thomas Kincaid painting. We love the light, right? It's beautiful, bright, and we need it. But notice the reaction of the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders here. When Jesus makes this claim, this claim to be the light of the world, they don't say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. No, they challenge him. They question Jesus' authority. After all, who is this small-town carpenter to, to waltz in and tell them what's up with God? What right does Jesus have to claim to be the right of the world? Who is he to march in and expose the darkness within by shining his own spotlight upon them? You see, their default reaction to Jesus, the light of the world, and ours, is not to run toward him, but away from him. Earlier in his gospel, John says so explicitly. This is John 3, 19 through 21. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes into the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. Exposure. That's why we don't want to come into the light. That's what we fear most of all, isn't it? That someone will see us for who we really are. It's the same reason our kids hide somewhere you can't find them when they're getting up to mischief, right? Go in the other room, shut the lights off. But it's not just kids. We do it too. One of our greatest fears is that someone will, will drag us into the light and expose our failures, right? Our failures as husbands. Our failures as parents, our failures as children, as athletes, as employees. We don't want our failures exposed, right? We want them buried, covered up, and hidden away. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone to know about my baggage. I don't want anyone to know about 
my mess, about how broken certain parts of my life are. We don't want to admit it, so we hide it. We airbrush and crop and filter our lives until there's nothing left resembling who we actually are. We purge our internet histories and think that they're out of sight and out of mind. Sometimes there are so many layers of self-deception that we're even hiding the truth from ourselves, and maybe we even believe it. Maybe we claim the extra hours we put in at work are totally altruistic. It's for my family, we say, and maybe we even believe that. But the real truth is something I don't want exposed. That my own ego is actually tied up in this thing. That the extra hours are more for myself than anyone else. Or turn on the news and you'll see just exactly how far we'll go to cover things up and avoid being exposed. We'll even start wars like we see in Russia and Ukraine with the justification that we're simply taking back lands that's rightly ours, even though the rest of the world can clearly see the truth. You see, like Gollum, we tend to hide from the light. In fact, we prefer darkness. So yes, Jesus is the light of the world, but as John said, we preferred darkness because our works were evil. We rejected the light. We hated the light. In fact, we hated it so much, we screamed, crucify the light. And then we drove the nails through his hands and feet. But Jesus, the true light of the world, will not be so easily extinguished. Because here's the thing about light. Light does a lot of different things. And the light of the world not only exposes us, but purifies us. Here's kind of what I mean, an illustration to sort of draw a comparison. Last fall, I went on a camping trip to the Boundary Waters, and we couldn't drink the water straight out of the lakes, right, because of the bacteria. So what we used, we used a few different things, but one thing that we used was a UV filtration system. I don't know if you've seen these. It's basically uh, the one we had is a cap that you screw onto the top of your Nalgene and after you fill it up with lake water, and you press a button, the UV light comes on, you just rock it back and forth for one minute, the alarm goes off, and you've got clean, purified water. See, the light purifies the water from all its contaminants, preventing all of the bad stuff from getting into your system and making you sick. Now, in much the same way, Jesus, the true light, doesn't just expose us, but purifies us. You see, he drives out all of the darkness contaminating our hearts neutralizing the bacteria of sin and making us fit for the kingdom. 1 John 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. And here's what that means, friends. This is the really good news. We can come without fear, naked and exposed into the light, warts and all, knowing that God will not condemn us. 
He will not hold our mistakes and our failures over his head. He doesn't keep a spreadsheet of all of your good deeds and all of your bad deeds and tally them up at the end of the day. Instead, he blots out everything in the bad column with his own blood and then fills that good column brimful with his righteousness. Because of Jesus, we are accepted and not rejected. Colossians 2, 13 through 15 is probably my favorite passage in the New Testament. And it goes like this. When you were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus is the light of the world. Thanks be to God. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's Word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor K J. O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.